Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach, serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, we are talking podcast with the podcast VA herself, Lyndall Harris, whose quite literally business name is the podcast VA. And Lyndall was a huge help in helping me to sustain my podcast over the years. Um, she's helped me with editing and scheduling and concepting my idea and has helped many other people start and set up their podcast. And we dive into a lot of behind the scenes of what it takes to get a good podcast off the ground, exactly how to do it. There's lots of practical tips um, and how to use it for your business as well. So I think there's a lot of people out there who think about wanting to start a podcast or have contemplated whether they should have one for their business as another little marketing tool. Um, so we bust all those myths, answer all those questions today, well, Lyndall does, and bounce what has worked for us and what we see work for other people's podcasts. So in this episode, you can expect to hear Lyndall's professional opinion and some of my personal reflections from running this podcast on yeah how it's benefited my business, um, how I use it in my business, how to come up with what to talk about whether to have guests, whether to pay guests, um, as well as choosing your topic. She shares steps that you should take before you launch, how many episodes to start with, uh, how long an episode should be, all of those, so many things in here, uh, as well as lots of tools and resources and recommendations for some of the practical back behind the scenes set up as well. So a really juicy episode if you've ever thought about starting a podcast uh, highly recommend listening in and even if you do have a podcast maybe you know it's been in a bit of a slump or you're ready to pick it up again this episode will give you lots of tips and tricks uh, on how to get it up and running and maybe even tweak it to to better benefit um, your business and use it as a really intriguing marketing tactic um, and Linda dives into how that works and how you should go about it and the best way to approach that. Enjoy the episode, check out Lyndall's work, and if you need some extra help, she's got lots of resources which we've included in the show notes, um, as well as recommendations on tech, mics, setup, all of those things. Enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to the podcast, Lyndall Harris, the podcast guru who has saved me and motivated me many of times with this exact podcast. So nice to have you here. Thank you. I know we've been talking about recording this for a little while, so it's great to finally be here. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to dive into this because I get asked, I've had people literally come to me for coaching on how to start a podcast and, you know, where to start. It can be a really overwhelming, foreign, you know, almost technical, scary thing for a lot of people. So I'm really excited today to dive into it with you and, you know, debunk some myths, ask some frequently asked questions get your advice um, and, yeah, the tips on how people can get started. Excellent. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, let's um, maybe kick off with if you want to introduce yourself and what you do and how you got into it. Yeah. So, as you said, my name is Lyndall Harris and my business is Podcast VA. I actually niched into podcasting in 2016, so I've been in this space for about seven years now. I've been a VA since 2012 um, I was just more of a generic VA when I started, moved into content marketing, and in 2016, helped a client launch a podcasting conference here in Australia, and really just recognized that there was nobody niched in the VA space, certainly, to help podcasters with all of the tasks that come along with podcasting. So that's how I got into it, and I'm still loving it because I just love being able to help people share their message with the world. 
Mm. I love that. I love you finding a niche and or noticing this new thing and kind of jumping on it early. And then, you know, obviously so passionate about it. And, you know, there was times where I was like, uh, Linda was helping me with my podcast as a VA and, you know, I'd very sporadically go, oh, here's five episodes or like, you know, go, go quiet for a while. And you'd always come back to me and be like, hey, people really love your podcast. Like you should, you should keep going. And I think we'll dive into it, but I think that would be you a know, good question to talk about because I know for me, my podcast, ha- having you as a VA and streamlining streamlining some of the back end side actually allowed me to just focus on recording. Um, and so we'll talk about that and what your services are and how you've helped me. So um, yeah, highly recommend tuning in for that part because if you're one of the people like me who just you know feel like you have a good message and you like the podcast, but you can't. Yeah, get your technical side admin brain thinking, then a VA is a very good place to start and worth the money. Mm, yep, definitely sure. look at outsourcing that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's dive into it. So what are the benefits of, of podcasting, would you say, for a business owner or an expert or a professional or a, you know a influencer? Gosh, so many benefits. Uh, I think personally... One of the biggest benefits is that it is a unique way to consume content. We know that you just can't consume any other style of content while you're multitasking. And the stats show that that is what people are doing when they're tuning into the shows, whether they're doing jobs around the house or walking the dog, exercising, driving, all of that kind of stuff. So that's definitely a big one. Uh, Having a podcast helps you build relationships and build that intimacy with the audience. You know, we often hear about people saying that they feel like they know the host. So they're getting to know you better. They like to listen to your content and consume your content, particularly if they're thinking about buying a a product or a service from you or a workshop from you. So they might be going to your website, listening to some of your episodes and really starting to get to know you that way. Uh, I think another benefit is that it allows you to communicate better and really refine your communication skills. I, I know personally that helped me when I started my podcast. It helped me with the nerves and to speak more confidently. Another benefit is that people can actually follow or subscribe to your podcast. So you're not actually thinking about an algorithm. When you push a new episode out, anybody who has followed or subscribed your show is actually notified when that podcast goes out through their podcast app. So they're not going to miss any shows like they might miss a post in social media. So I look, I could go on lots of different benefits, but they're some of the main ones. Yeah. I actually never thought of that, but it's so true when people get reminded. My girlfriend actually is subscribed to mine and she's like, oh, it gets notified. I'm like, please don't listen to my podcast. Um, Sometimes I have to come clean and be like, I accidentally said this about you on the podcast. (laughs) Always come clean. Um, (laughs) Love love the support. Um, But the what other benefit that you just mentioned, which is uh, definitely been helpful for me is that um, refining your voice. And I think, you know, the last few years people have talked a lot about cancel culture and social media and, you know, it's social media has kind of become this, you know, toxic place that people can be, you know, keyboard warriors and say harsh things or, you know, you you kind of question everything in case you go viral for saying something on PC or, you know, like somebody decides to troll you and, you know, um, and I think podcasting is a really safe space to like, yeah, hone your voice because, you know, it's not live, so you can you can edit it. It's not in this, you know, fast-paced, um, you know, performative platform that is, you know, you kind of like if you don't like something someone says, you don't go and write it on on their reviews, you know, like unless it's really quite hectic. You're not that spare of the moment somebody in a bad space is just like, what, you know. Um, but also for me, like, some of my best podcasting comes at like five in the morning when I wake up with an idea and I just can pull it out in my pajamas, yes. write a page of notes and just record something really raw. Um, and yes, there's some of yeah. my best episodes where people are just like, yeah, like kind of like, yeah, you can be a little bit in flow and less scripted or less, you know, 
performative. You don't have to have your makeup on or your hair done, you know. Yeah, good lighting. <laughs> yes. yes, so true, so true. I know when I speak to people um, particularly who don't want to do the video side of things, that is a massive part of it that they can just sit there, hit record on the microphone and not worry about what they look like, what they're dressed in, their makeup, the lighting and all of that kind of stuff. So. And as you said, the fact that you can go back and edit is massive, particularly if you've got a guest on there that's not a regular podcaster, they might be really nervous. It can calm the nerves a lot to know mm. that it doesn't matter yeah. what you say, you can go back and edit that stuff. So, yes, it does help. Yeah. And I, I find that I often will like pause mine and then, you know, regroup my thoughts and my train of, you know, where I was going with the <laughs> the weird analogy that I often come up with. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it's good. It's I really like that about practicing your voice. And, you know, I think sometimes being able to voice things is a bit easier than um, typing them into a blog or, you know, yeah, having to bring this big video energy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like I said before, it's like the intimacy and building the relationship, especially if you're in an interview, um, you know, building the relationship with a guest is massive because if you've got a podcast, you can potentially reach out to people that you would never have reached out to. Um, you might have connected with them via social media. But if you're having like a 45-minute or an hour chat with someone, you're really building that relationship in a different way that you just can't get through DMs and commenting on social yeah. media. No, I love that. And I think people, you're right, people are a bit more comfortable on a podcast interview, I think, because they can, you can say we'll edit things out if, you know, or you get stuck and you need to, you know, re-answer the question. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get lots of times when I've got interviews for clients and I'm editing and, you you know, you get the parts where it says, can we just go back and stop that bit yeah. and go and edit it out or something like that? And it just makes them more comfortable knowing yeah, it's not live. Absolutely. For sure. All right. So I guess like in terms of building the, the – oh, actually, I just had another quick benefit. Something I did recently um, was recorded one and then put it into a free transcript um, app online and it was 20 minutes of maybe not even and then I edited so I had it as the audio and then um edited as like a blog post as well so it kind of and it just like halved the time that it would normally take me to write a blog but then people could either listen to it or read it Yes, absolutely. Again, um, that content creation piece is something I might touch on a little bit later, but using it as your content creator is such a time saver mm -hmm. and repurposing it for your other marketing channels is a really great idea for, for using that piece to then go and, and use everywhere to drive the traffic back to your podcast. And a really interesting stat that came out recently in this year's Infinite Dial research is that Australians are now the world's biggest listener of podcasts with 43% listening every single month. And that's actually higher than the US for the first time. So that's really exciting. So if you're looking to do a business podcast, you can know that Australians are listening. I think it's an estimate of about mm. 7 million per week are wow. listening to podcasts. So if you're thinking about whether you should launch one for your business, um, that's definitely something to consider. And you can go and look at the stats and see if your particular audience are listening in your mm. age group. So it's definitely worth checking those out. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I think to the point is what you mentioned earlier is like it's an opportunity for you to build a relationship and often talk about customer service and how people come to your website and more so than ever we're looking at, you know, we're doing the stalk, behind the scenes stalk. I think, you know, 70% of somebody's decision about a business and whether they're going to spend money with them is made behind the scenes. So by the time they've reached you and are inquiring or on your website and adding to cart or whatever it might be, they've already, you know, done a, a you know, most of their decision making. So a podcast, especially if you've got lots of episodes, people can really decide, you know, I've had that experience of coaching clients who who'll get on the Zoom call and go, oh, I've listened to your podcast. I can't believe this is your voice. Like yeah, this is your face to the voice. Mm. Yeah, they feel like they know you. They really feel yeah. like they know you, don't they? So it is building that relationship in a way that you can't I mean you can do it through video as well. Um but yeah, it's the only ways that you can yeah. build that intimate sort of relationship where they feel like they know you before they actually meet you. Yeah. And it's um and it's so it's passive marketing, really. 
Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And so let's get into that because I think, you know, we've kind of touched on the benefits of the podcast and, you know, maybe crossovers. Any other kind of benefits that really stand out um, for somebody who might be looking to start a podcast or perhaps they have one and they're, you know, wanting to, you know, re um, rehash it or give it a, you know, a fresh um, voice? Mm. Yeah, yeah, look, I guess we didn't touch on some of the biggest or the the most um, obvious benefits are building your brand awareness um, and also being able to build your credibility or your authority in that space. So whether you're looking to launch one or whether you've got one you want to revamp or revive, that can, it's obviously can really help with that. So with your brand awareness and your credibility, one thing I always say to people when I'm talking to them at the beginning of their their strategy is what is the purpose of your podcast? You know, if you are doing it to build brand awareness and authority, then you really should be thinking about solo shows and how they can um, build that credibility for you. Uh, if you're wanting to do it to build relationships, then you might have an interview-only show. But what's working really well at the moment is the mix of interview mm. and solo shows. Mm. I guess just something that you need to be mindful of if you are doing a lot of interview episodes is that it can be easy to shine the light on your guests all the time and not necessarily be highlighting your expertise. So obviously if the purpose of your show is to have a relationship building tool where you can reach out to people in the industry, then the interview shows are perfect for you. But if you're trying to build that credibility, trying to build the brand awareness, then the solo shows also work well for you in that space. Mm. And while we're on this topic of solo episodes and interviews, I know a lot of people would probably think, you know, would this person come on my podcast if I've just started out or, you know, like, you know, I don't really have stats to show the reach or anything. What's your kind of take or advice for people? Because I think, you know, we'd both agree that having an interview with somebody, so like, yeah, if you're starting an industry and you're going to go, oh, I've got the industry leaders on here, how do I get them to, you know, lend me their voice, be because that's the credibility, right? You a podcast is an opportunity to you know almost create a library of the experts on the topic of your business or or or, or just podcasts. Um, but yeah, how do you go about pulling that that reach? I guess the mm. so yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think sometimes uh, the bigger guests or the bigger the name that we want to have on our show isn't necessarily going to help us with our show growth or increasing our audience. You know, sometimes those bigger guests might have a book launch or something like that and so they're going on a lot of different podcasts and then when you publish your show, they're not going to actually necessarily share it with their audience, which is probably one of the reasons that we'd like to get them on the show is to show our credibility as well, to to be able to get in front of their audience potentially. So it's really good if you do want to reach out to those guests, just have a really personalised pitch. So let's say it is about a book or you've listened to podcasts that they're on, then make sure that you personalise that pitch for that particular person so they don't just feel like they're getting a blanket pitch that's been sent out to everybody. You want to know, you know, what 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 information could they share? What knowledge do they have that's going to help the audience? Um, and it's really interesting because one of the biggest growth strategies for your podcast is to actually guest on other people's shows. So a lot of people might think it's about getting a big guest on their show, but that's not always the case. And so if you are going to personalize that pitch and reach out to somebody, maybe you could do a podcast swap even. Uh, so look, I wouldn't worry too much about the numbers to start with. Obviously, um, you might even want to wait a little bit until you get some traction so that you can show the numbers. But if you really want them on your show, then you've got nothing to lose mm. by asking them. I think it's just really important that you personalize that pitch because we've all had that pitch. All podcasters have had that pitch that's blanket. You can tell has gone to anyone and everyone and it doesn't even make sense of why someone would want to come onto your show. So I think just personalize it and put it out there and ask them. Mm, I like that. I also like when you mentioned about uh, like if they've got a book launch or something coming up, I think 
you know, showing that you've, you're aware that like excited for your book launch, if you'd like to help promoting it, you know, I'd love to, to, to share the news out. And I guess it's like any collaboration, you want to find people who are aligned, you know, and, and it's okay to start small with some, you know, people that you can win, like get some easy wins with. And then, um, and then, you know, use that as leverage to go, this is who we've had on the show and build yourself up that way. Mm. It's the little things, I think, that help personalise that pitch that will make the difference as to whether they will come onto your show and how they might be with you and how the conversation goes. So actually doing a little bit of research on the book launch or getting a copy of that book and reading it or going and listening to podcasts or listen to their podcasts and actually being able to take a little snippet mm. of the things that you've listened to so that they know that you've listened um, and that might be relevant so um, to why you want them on the show because I listened to you talking about this in one of your podcast episodes mm. and that really resonated with how and why I want to reach out to you. So really personalising it is showing them that you've put the time in to do the research and they'd be good instead of them just thinking it's that they just want me for an audience. Yeah, and do the work, do that, yeah, do that work for them so that they're not like, you know, because I often find too where people be like, you know, it's like the do you want to collaborate or do you know like I often will be like this is what we do and this is like what we would talk about so you can kind of give that top level pitch of like this is what so they can decide oh yeah I want to talk to that topic or I'm sick of talking about that or you know like yeah, yeah and this that's true make the connection yeah, yeah. be more specific about yeah. what you want them to talk about that is a great point because then they're not just thinking well I don't know what they want me to talk yeah. about you've been specific as much info in that pitch I love that um, and so do you think, cause I get this question a lot, is it, is podcast too crowded as a marketplace? Like have people missed the boat to start a podcast and get some traction and, and increase their reach and audience? Yeah. Look, I mean, I get this question all the time as well. My short answer is no. Um, I don't think it's too late, but there is a, some things to consider. So there's now over 4 million podcasts in like the podcast index um, there's a lot that are not necessarily active shows though. So about 10% of those are active shows that are publishing in, like have published in the last 30 days. So when you think about that, that's, um, that's pretty good. I mean, podcasting now, if you wanted to launch, it's not like launching in 2015 or 16 because it was, there were probably only about 250,000 podcasts then. And podcasting had a massive growth through COVID. I know when I was doing presentations and podcast interviews, I was talking about 1.2 million podcasts being on the index and around the beginning of 2020. So there has been a massive growth through COVID. But on saying that, you've really got to remember that you have a unique voice. And if you are launching and you've got an audience and you've got people on your email list and on your social media followings and what have you, then it's not, um, it's, it, yes, launch a podcast, but make sure you know why you're doing it. Don't just launch it because everyone's got a podcast and you think you should do one. You need to think about why you want to have one. You need to think about who you want to target, what's the message you want to share and all of that kind of stuff. And really, I mean, I've said to, I'll say it a lot, is podcasting is not hard once you get started, but it is a lot of work. So you don't want to just start and then go, okay, I didn't realize what I had to do here. Um, if you don't have a following, I've probably spoken to one person in the last couple of years where I've suggested that it might not be a good idea to launch a podcast. And that is because they had no following, no email list, and it was right at the sort of very beginning of their journey. And I do think if you don't have a very strong strategy in mind of how to grow that, then launching a podcast to try and find a new audience can be quite difficult because of how busy it is and how many podcasts there are. On the flip side of that, um, if you know that you have a clear objective and a clear strategy and you want to launch a podcast, then go ahead and launch a podcast because as I say to a lot of people, you have a unique voice and people want to hear your voice. So there might be, you know, there's hundreds of marketing podcasts, but I still have clients that are very successful launching marketing podcasts now. So don't let that stop you from actually putting your show out there if that's mm, what you want to do. Yeah. And I think we shared before we started recording, I read a book recently and. Um, 
you know, the went and found a just typed the author's name because I couldn't find much of them online. They didn't have a social media presence. They, you know, um, yeah, just a an indigenous author and typed their name into the podcast to find. And I found an episode of a podcast that was like, I think it had been four years since they'd put new episodes out. It was quite old, but I was just like, I want more from this author. And, you know, they're pretty off grid in terms of like digital content. Um, so I thought that was a really good example of like, you know, it can also be a bit of a search engine, you know, and I know that if I listen to a really good interview and I want more from that person or yeah, I'm reading a book, I'll be like, even I'm halfway through a book at the moment. And I was like, oh, I want, you know, I've, I'm loving this author and go and find and find interviews with them. I love that. I love that because people do use Apple Podcasts and Spotify and the other directories as a search engine. So they will literally go in there, as you've just said, and you'll, they'll type a name in or they'll type a keyword in. If they're looking for a new podcast, they'll type a keyword in to try and find something on that topic. So don't write off the fact that you shouldn't be doing one because I still see people launching and having great success. Um, as, as I said, it's thinking about your objective, your strategy, doing little tweaks. You know, there's things like putting your keywords in the description and putting a keyword into the title field or even the author field when it comes up in searches. So being really strategic about how people use it as a search engine is is really something to think about as well. And I mean, I'll use myself as an example here. I haven't actually published a podcast or an episode on my podcast for about Mm. three years, but I still get listens to it. I still get people because it was evergreen content. It's a podcast about podcasting. People are still listening. And some weeks I have, you know, 50 or 60 downloads on an episode that, yeah, you know, I haven't released for three years. So Mm. if it's evergreen content, some of those um, inactive podcasts might be evergreen content like this, but you can be reusing it, remarketing it, and it's a great tool for that as well. Mm. Yeah, I actually had a client yesterday who – was like, oh, uh, I every time I'm having like a bad day, I'll go back and I. Some people have like certain podcasts that they just re-listen to, they save and re-listen to, um, and it's like it's really soothing when it's in the background and I'm doing my job, um, mm. and so yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I haven't heard that, but that's just another example yeah. of how people consume content for different reasons, and yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And if I like a podcast, I'll send it to at least three people, post it on my socials, you know, because it's yeah, there's something about it that is like yeah, you feel like you know someone, or you you know, you can really consume the information. Yeah. I think. Yep. That yeah, and actually, just add to that point of keywords. Like we, I just had this epiphany of being like, I've never recorded a podcast that's how to start a side hustle, which is, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, no, I haven't. Which is my book title, right? And it's like that makes so much sense. So that's what I'll be doing this afternoon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yeah, you get all the SEO stuff as well. So you mm. get it in the directories, but you also get it in Google podcasts, indexing things like that as well. So yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's definitely some of the things to be thinking about. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, and to this point, what what's the best way to go about niching or choosing your topic um, for your podcast? And, you know, I think also like it can be easy to to want to create this kind of like yeah flowery or you know um interesting title or is it better to just create like a solution focused or a specific title that's you know to the name and do you use your own name or what's the best way to kind of get started with topic yeah 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 this is such a good question um look finding your niche and finding your topic I think you probably just need to do the research. You can research in the apps to see how many are out there, how many podcasts are out there. You can research in Google and find that kind of information. Um, and But I think the thing to remember here is nobody has got your voice. It's that unique voice that we were talking about. And, you know, at the beginning of an episode, if people are thinking about becoming a client and you have 10 people listen to it and they become a client or half of those become a client, it's still a success. So, okay, you probably want your numbers to be a little bit higher than 10, but we've heard it before that if you are talking to a room of 50 people every single week, are you happy that you're talking to 50 people? 
Whereas, you know, we do hear about all these massive numbers and you hear about people that get tens of thousands of downloads or hundreds of thousands of downloads. And yes, that is true in some of the bigger networks and what have you, but a lot of business podcasts are not getting those numbers, are not getting anywhere near those numbers. So please don't hear those and feel like you need to get those because hobby podcasts or interest podcasts and your true crime podcasts and radio show podcasts, they might get those tens or hundreds of thousands every episode, but that is very different. So don't be too worried about that if you're hearing numbers everywhere and yours aren't there. So yeah, maybe think about how many people you'd be happy to, what does success look like for you? How many people or downloads are you happy to be reaching? And then finding your niche, I guess, doing that bit of research and in the podcast mm-hmm. apps, Googling, um, asking around, asking people that uh, you know you know, and just see if they're there mm-hmm. already. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, either looking at what you're the expert at as well and what you feel confident in talking to. And I, I like that because I think, I if I come across a new podcast, I can know within 30 seconds if I'm going to like it or finish it because of the host and, you know, their point of view and, you know, their background and, you know. So, yeah, it's it's people very much are looking for their teachers and also, you know, we all have a top 20 of shows, you know, that we kind of rotate through, right? So, um, you know, depending on the day who you who you're in the mood for, whether it's, you know, something just light and funny or is it you know is it are you looking for business development or motivation mm, so yeah absolutely like i think it's really interesting just to note there as well when you've said you can jump on and have a listen in 30 seconds to a minute and work out if you like the show and you want to continue to follow it or subscribe audio quality is super important for that exact reason It doesn't need Mm. to be perfect. Like if you're doing an interview and your guest isn't a podcaster and they don't have all the fancy gear, um, that doesn't mean to say that it's not going to be good audio quality. But as the host, I think it's important just to make sure that you've got a good, clear audio, a good recording space, um, because if people are just going to be clicking in for that 30 seconds to have a quick listen, Mm. they're not going to tune in and follow you if it's really bad audio quality. So just be mindful of that. And I don't think I went back to answering the question about how you name your podcast, actually. So just to answer that question, um, there's a few different ways. Let's go. There's probably three main ways of naming your show. Now, if you've got a personal brand, you might want to name your show after yourself. So if that's your business, if that's your brand, you know, if you were the Kayleen Langford show, if that was your brand and you were Kayleen Langford, was your, you know, how you, your business name and everything, then you might call it that. The other way is to name it exactly what it is using Mm. keywords and making it obvious for what it is. So, for example, mine is podcasting tips and tricks. Like Mm. it basically tells you straight up what the podcast is about. And then you can also give it that quirky name or that flowery name, as you mentioned. But I think you need to be really careful if you do do that, that you consider a really good tagline. You have a really good description written for your show because people are not going to go into the podcast app and search for that. Mm -hmm. I love that advice because, I I mean, I've been very lucky and it was a complete fluke, but just actually someone gave me the advice years ago, um, you know, every time I'd launch a new, you know, magazine or podcast or, you know, Instagram, all these things over the years, you know, I'd be like, I'm going to create this cool name. And somebody actually said to me, um, just keep it startup creative across everything. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've stuck to that and I think, that's, you know, if when people, you're on an interview, you can type in startup creative into podcast, Instagram, website, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really great advice, yeah. actually. You know, quite often I'll talk to people about the same thing with keeping your branding consistent. Mm. So if you've got, whether it's your business name or a course or a program, just keep that consistency there rather than creating something new because then people will recognize it across the board. Mm, yeah, I love that. And so got back to our technical setup and, um, you know, I know that this is a lot of what you help people with in terms of your services. And I think you've got some downloads and courses in this space, but I know it can be a real barrier to entry for people who are just like, you know, how do I get started? Um, you know, do I have to have, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gear? What's your advice? And even maybe touching on like 
the music and the intro as well because I think that for me is also why I'm like oh this like the music can sometimes put me off or you know a big long-winded intro that I'm just like get to the point you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so on the tech side um no you don't need to spend a lot of money my advice is don't spend a lot of money because sometimes you might start podcasting and then decide it's not for you. And then you've gone and spent thousands of dollars on gear and then you have to, I don't know, put it in a cupboard or go and sell it or whatever. So just don't go and waste your money up front. But I think you do want to get really good audio quality. So I think spending a little bit of money to get started is a good idea. And even if that's just investing in a good quality microphone. Now, you can actually get good microphones that plug Mm. straight into your computer via USB for $100 or less. So if you've got a lower budget and you really don't want to spend a lot on the podcast at this stage, then I would suggest that you go and start with a microphone around the $80 to $90 mark. Now, if you've got a little bit more of a budget, then you might want to look at a slightly better microphone. Um, I would always start with a USB microphone because then you don't have to buy the mixer and it just makes it a little bit easier if you can just plug it into Mm -hmm. your computer and get started. And it's far less overwhelming if you can just plug and go. Now, on saying that about the microphones, I should go back a step and say, really think about where you're going to be recording your shows. Because if you're going to be recording in a room that's got a lot of reverb and echo, then you want to consider that before you go and buy a microphone. You don't want to just go out there and get whichever microphone someone suggests or you've done a Google search and the Blue Yeti is coming up as the number one podcasting microphone. Bit of a side note on the Blue Yeti, whilst it is a great microphone in itself, it's not great for everybody's space that they are recording in because it does pick up a lot of background noise and if it's an echoey space, then you really don't want to be using a Blue Yeti. Mm-hmm. So um, be mindful of that. I mean, if you're going to be out and talking to people and you want to record on your phone, then you might get a lav mic or something like that. So just be mindful that getting a microphone will give you that clearer mm-hmm. audio um, and probably is worth investing in. Now, headphones, as far as headphones go, you don't need to get these big over-the-ear headphones. You can literally use the earbuds or your AirPods um, or you can get the headphones that come with your your phone. And if you've got a microphone that has the headphone jack, you can actually plug the headphones into your microphone so that you can hear if you've got any feedback. So, no, you don't really need to spend a lot of money to get started. The other thing then you want to think about is the software that you're going to use. So if you're doing solo episodes, you might want to look at a program that's actually on your computer. Uh, Audacity is a free program that you can download for PC and Mac. Or Mac comes with a program on it um, called GarageBand. Now, these programs that are on your computer will record at a slightly higher bit rate, which means it's slightly less tinny. But to be honest with you, If you've got a good internet connection and you want to record in something like Zoom, then I'd say still probably about 70% of podcasters are using Zoom for their recordings, particularly for their interviews. There's also software then like Zencaster, Riverside FM or Squadcast that you can look into as well for recording either solo or interview shows and a couple of those do video recordings as well. So you can mm. have a look into no, that. No, 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 we're just no, we're diving into tech, which is that lots of great tips. Do you have um, resources on your website for mics to pick and things like that? I do. Yep, yep, I do have a PDF and I'm happy to um, put yeah. that. I'll send the link so we can pop that yeah. into the show notes with some recommendations. Yeah, amazing. That would be awesome because I know people will go and, and you know, need to get advice and sometimes it can be so overwhelming. So to just shortlist it for people. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, in terms of music and intros, you know, do because I know for me, I invested in music a, a little track for my um, and was lucky enough to have a friend who was a, a bit of a mixer musician and um, helped me to make something unique. Uh, it felt pretty affordable. Um, so Nick Carlin, who's a great friend of mine, he does that for me, my music. But yeah, what's the importance of you know, the kind of opening track. Yeah, yeah. I think if you've got a business podcast, you should have a bit of music with your intro to start the show and an outro to end the show. 
Um, now, whether you start with a hook at the beginning and then you go into your show intro or whether you start with your show intro, it doesn't really matter. But as far as the music is concerned, um, you need to be mindful of the fact that it is part of your branding. Mm. So you don't want to go and purchase a license for a piece of music that which you always need to do, by the way. You can't just use any music. Um you get the royalty-free music, but you want to find something that goes with your brand, with your message, with the with something that will appeal to the audience as well. So I usually look at um, sites like Audio Jungle or Pond5, but you can get them from other places as well. But, you know, and it's a bit like a search engine in itself and you can get stuck in a rabbit hole trying to find the music, I'm not going to lie, but you just go in there and type the style or the mood of music that you're looking for and then find one that you like. So something that I would just touch on here is that you want to be thinking about a piece of music that is that, as I said, matches your branding and it's not necessarily just something that you like because starting your business podcast with a really heavy rock piece or starting a podcast for kids with a really rocky piece of music might not be what appeals to the actual audience. And I know in my time I've sat and listened to some podcasts and just thought, why did they start? I'm just bamboozled as to why they've picked mm. that piece of music because it doesn't fit with the podcast, it doesn't fit with their business brand, and it doesn't fit with the message. So mm. just really um, I would be quite mindful of that. And when you're picking your piece of music, you can be cutting that music for your intro, your outro, any music stings you want, using it for your sponsorship ads as well. So find a piece that you like and then you get to use it over and over again. Yeah, that's great advice. And then obviously you probably want to, because I think that the thing that um, I start every episode with, like, you know, Kay, you know, business coach, author, because I think you want to remind if people are listening to you for the first time you know I think that's um you know having that tagline of exactly what you're about in the show yeah yeah absolutely I always say when you're starting your episodes start with telling people what they're going to hear from the episode up front because sometimes you will lose them if they sort of 10 to 15 minutes in if you get them for that long and they don't know what you're going to talk about then they might be more likely just to just click off it and go, well, okay, well, this isn't interesting me. Whereas if you tell people from the beginning, for example, you know, in today's episode, we're going to talk to Lyndall Harris and we're going to talk about the benefits of podcasting, some of the tech you need to get started and this, yeah. this and this so that they know what they're going to hear because then in that first minute or two they're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to listen to the end because I actually wanted to hear what she said about the tech to get started or some of the steps mm. to get started. So I think that's really important whereas you don't want to just lose them because they don't know what mm. they're going to hear as part of the show. So I think having a short show intro then a, an episode intro as such is a really good idea. As far as the intro for the show is concerned, I like them to be quite yeah. short because people do skip through them. So that music yeah. kind of blend over, blended voiceover, maybe around the 15 to 20 second mark because, as I said, people do um, skip through it. So welcome to the show where we talk blah, blah, blah. Keep it really short. So, yeah, you don't have to have it as part of the uh, interview or as part of the episode. You can actually go and record it after you've recorded the main segment and then you just put it all together in editing. So depending on your format, it might go show intro, episode intro, main part of the episode, and then the outro. That's great. Yeah, I do that. I record it afterwards because you never know where you're going to go in the show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think like I learned that in, in uni doing public speaking of, you know, you go, here's where we're going. It's like almost like a safety when you're a presenter. It's being like, you know, this is the journey I'm going to take you on and people will be like, yes, I'm signing up for that. Mm. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I guess it is the same as doing a presentation yeah. where you cover the topics before you get into it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, to that point, um, maybe off topic, Is do you think there's any presentation skills or, um, you know, tone of voice or, you know, like um, whether it's either speaking by yourself or in an interview, like off the top of your head, tips on people on a podcast, pet peeves, things like that? <laughs> um, oh, I don't know that I'm the best person to ask on this because uh, I am an R a lot. And, yeah, look, when I started my podcast, I guess, I guess it goes back to refining those communication skills a little bit. And I remember when I was recording my first episode, I like 
the 75% of people that have massive imposter syndrome before they launch a show, thinking, you know, who's going to listen? And, oh, my God, there's other podcasts out there about podcasting. Why would I launch one? And all of that kind of stuff. Um, I had all of that going on in my head. And when I went to record my first episode, I sat down, I outlined what I was going to talk about, and I hit record and I recorded it and thought, yep, okay, cool. I got through that. That was all good. And then I listened to it and it was so flat. And I was like, oh my gosh, who would listen to that? Mm-hmm. So I re-recorded it. And I actually learned from me personally and something that I've sort of shared with clients as well is that if you stand up when you're recording, you actually get a whole different energy than when you're sitting down and recording. So that definitely changed my tone of voice. And with the tone of voice, I think sometimes it might sound like you're, um, you know, it might not be how you usually talk, but you can sometimes like just practice getting used to. And that's what I would do. You know, I'd drop the kids at school or at kindy and I'd drive back practicing how I wanted sort of to get some energy into my voice and sort of go, hey, welcome back to another episode mm-hmm. and just practicing it so that I didn't sound flat. And then after a little while, I got used to it. I sit down when I record now, I don't stand up anymore. But I'm sure there are lots of podcasts about this kind of thing. And I'm sure if you Google it, you could get some great tips on um, how to, uh, you know, you're talking and communication skills and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, yeah. I love that. And I think listening to other people's podcasts, definitely, like you kind of start to pick up what you like and don't like. You know, I think one of the things that was really hard for me to um, to practice, but I sometimes I have to preface people who are fresh to the podcast too, is that um, I'm going to hold my interaction as much as, as I can. And I think it's a fine line because sometimes I hear people interview other people and they, there's no reaction to a, mm. to an answer and it can be like very stop start and they don't even like go, you know, they, they whether they edit it out on, or they just jump to the next question, but it feels I personally like that conversational reaction you know, flow onto a response. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, had to really learn to hold <laughs> too much of that when somebody else was speaking because it's it's an, it's natural and enjoyable for me, but listening to it back is not a fun time. Mm, and that that is a really great piece of advice right there because I had to learn to do it as well. I'm very much a person that says, mm, mm-hmm, yep, Yep, and things like that when I'm talking to people. But when you're listening back to that as a podcast listener, it is quite annoying. I feel like it's quite choppy. So um, you don't necessarily want to have that all of the time. And it's really hard because when I started this back seven years ago, I had two clients that were co-hosts and their podcast was awesome and they just riffed off each other beautifully. They laughed and they talked together and they talked over each other a little bit but not in a bad way. And we actually at some Mm. one point tried to edit that out and it just did not sound like them. It took all of the sort of fun, personal, natural side out of it. So you do have to be mindful. And a tip with that when you're recording Um, in any program like Zoom or Riverside FM or anything like that is to record the participants on a separate track. So, you know, I always do that so that if I do over mm, mm, and yep, yep, I can edit out some of them, but I'm not editing out all of them. But if you've got everything on the same track, then it is really difficult to edit them out and still make it sound conversational. So, you know, when you've got it on separate tracks too, it also helps to say you've got a dog barking next door on someone's track. If you've got them on separate tracks, you can um, Mm. isolate that audio and do some background noise reduction, which is easier. But, um, yeah, certainly that interaction stuff I had to learn too. Mm. And when you've got it on video, it's easier because you can see each other nodding heads and what have you. But if you haven't got any video, uh, that can be particularly sort of tricky as well. But it is one you learn. No, that's great advice. And I think you taught me that to record in two different tracks. Um, and it's in Zoom preferences. You, when you go into your audio and recording settings, you just select um, different, you know, different tracks for every speaker. The other thing that I learned about that, which is genius, is that I've had people's or myself um, audio oh, internet cut out or glitch and the track catches it like it does it it still keeps recording like even if it Mm. looks slow and clunky to me it still 
collect like got the audio fine. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I've had that in a couple of instances where it happens as well. So yeah, it's much easier to edit that file because you don't have to worry about those glitches. You don't need to worry about aligning it. It all starts at the right time um, and it all just does it automatically. And, you know, it's definitely a better way to record it when you've um, and to edit. And a tip here is the better recording quality you get the better audio quality your show is going to be because sometimes you just can't fix things in editing. Even though, you know, it can be quite magical at some points and some things that we can do there, there are some things that you just can't fix in the editing process. So better to get a good recording. Mm, Great advice. Um, Okay, so maybe I'll jump into a couple of um, frequently asked questions because then I think then we'll, we'll finish on our 10 steps to to kind of getting started. We might not go to all mm-hmm. 10, but we've got, I think you've got that as a download and some people can can jab, but maybe we'll just jump into some of those and, and some of these questions might cover them. Um, how many episodes should you start with to launch? Yeah, look, I personally um, suggest three or certainly two. The reason for that is you want to get somebody to binge listen to your episodes. Your objective here is for them to hit the follow button or the subscribe button. So you want to give them a few different episodes so they know that they can get a bit of a taste of what the show is going to be about. So if you know that you're going to launch with solo shows or you're going to launch with um, interview episodes, then you might want to have a little bit of a mix of that. Uh, And it also creates a little bit of activity around your launch. And as far as the algorithm goes for the charts, particularly for Apple Podcasts, it's about how much activity you have in your show. So if you've got three episodes they can listen to, that gives it a little bit more activity. And as I say, then people are more likely to hit that subscribe or that follow button if you've got, um, if they like what they hear. And if one of your objectives for example, is to hit the Apple podcast charts, then you do want to get more activity. It is important to get the listens and the follows and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think you need to actually launch with more than three because three is enough and then you may as well just keep those episodes in the bag so that you're ahead of your schedule and you can be dropping them out on a weekly or a fortnightly basis. But just be mindful that um, I, I, we've done some research in my group and asked people about whether they're dropping the whole season has been um, good for them and not necessarily better to drop a whole season of, say, eight or ten episodes all at once either. So, yeah, my suggestion is to go with three. Mm, great. Um, how long should an episode be? What's your mm. ideal? <laughs> how long <laughs> is a piece of string? I love this question. Um, look, there is no ideal length for a podcast episode. The biggest thing here is don't fill it with fluff just to fill out the time because you've heard that 17 or 18 minutes is the ideal length. Um, people will tune out if you're just filling it with stuff just to make it that same length. Just deliver the content mm-hmm. and that is how long an episode is. So if you look at my podcast as an example, I've got episodes that are five to eight minutes long and I've got some that are around the hour when when I was interviewing people and people listened across the board. So just Mm -hmm. make it however long it needs to be to deliver the content without trying to push the time frame out um, or make them the same length. Mm. Yeah, great advice. On saying that, the short episodes are really popular at the moment, the Mm. 10 to 15 to 20-minute mark, so they're working well. Yeah, and I think too going back to your audience because I found a podcast recently and it was a lot of short stuff and um, they had actually even rehashed an old episode but put a fresh intro on it and said this is why I'm rehashing it and, um, you know, it was 20 minutes and I thought, you know, that's definitely their target market because they were delivering quite heavy content, like brain-heavy thinking stuff so yeah yeah being mindful of your audience and what are they doing how much time have they got to consume an episode as well for sure um and then final one is should you pay your guests Mm, that's a good one Mm -hmm. um or i don't have a yes or a no on that one to be honest with you i think with podcasting traditionally it's people don't pay their guests. Uh, It's a lot of sort of there's a bit of a win-win situation. So I'm not going to say that you shouldn't pay guests because I guess it all comes back to what is your objective, what's the purpose, 
you know, is it and how much exposure is that person um, going to bring to your brand? So, yeah, look, I think it's really about building the relationship and hopefully there is a win-win for the host and the guest. I'm sure there are a lot of successful podcasts out there who do pay their guests. But as a general rule, I think you'll find that people aren't paying for Mm -hmm. guests. Yeah. No, I like that. People have asked me to be paid, like, you know, can we pay for to have an interview on and and I'll say no. Um, I'll, you know, look at other ways to, you know, whether it's doing a giveaway or, you know, we they pay for sponsorship of something else. But um I really enjoyed not like I mean, because I think it changes the interview, you know, mm-hmm. like it's yep. it's more transactional and I personally like an interview that's very like honored to be here, you know, conversational, you know, it's a good dynamic between the two people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just feel like if the win-win's gone a little bit, but, you know, if Mm. it's a paid opportunity and it aligns with your goals and what you have and what they're offering, then I suppose there's no reason that you can't look into it. But yeah, as a general rule, people aren't paying for their guests to come on. Hmm. Perfect. Okay, well, maybe we'll finish off with the, you know, three or four tips to help launch and then I know people will be able to come and get one-on-one support with you um, and or hire you for a complete setup or maybe I think do you just do some coaching as well to, mm-hmm. you know, bounce these ideas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great. We'll link to all that at the end, but what would you say the first three or four steps are to launching a podcast that we may or may not have covered? Okay, so step one is create a strategy. I know a lot of people when they decide they're going to do a podcast, they get really excited, they go out and grab a microphone and get the tech and all of that kind of stuff, but you really need to sit down and start with the strategy piece first. So what is the message that you want to share? Why are you wanting to share it? Who's your target audience? What is the objective of your show? Is it to build brand awareness? Is it to build those relationships? Is it purely so that you have a content creator so that you can go and repurpose it for all of your other marketing channels? And as I said, really knowing if your audience are listening to podcasts and coming up with that strategy. So that is really, really important because everything else kind of falls into line when you've done that piece first. So then you want to have a look at the branding. So naming your podcast, having a good tagline, getting your cover art sorted, finding the music for it, and writing a really good description that doesn't need to be really, really long, but it needs to have some keywords woven into it and sort of describe what the show is about, who it's for, and what they're going to get out of it. After you've done that sort of podcast branding side of things, uh, you will want to be looking at what tech you're going to need. So thinking about are you going to be recording solo episodes or interviews? Are you going to be sitting at a computer and recording? Are you going to be using your mobile phone? And then really getting that tech side of things sorted. Then we're going to look at finding a hosting platform. So just a really quick aside, if you don't know much about podcasting, you want to find a podcast host that will host the audio and video files for you so that you're not using all the space on your website because those files are really big and your website will crash really quickly. Um, And then when you're actually, you've got your host set up and it's integrated with all of the directories like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Amazon, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, every time you release an episode, you do that through your host and it pushes it out to all of the directories. So you want to find a good hosting platform that's going to meet your needs and your budget. Um, The stats is generally, the stats and the support is what you'll get with the different hosting platforms. But once you've got that host set up, integrate it with your, the directories, set up a page on your website, get your marketing plan ready, and you are ready to go. Just rip that bandaid off and get it out there because you can, once you start, you can always refine it along the way and you will improve along the way. So don't let the imposter syndrome or the perfectionism stop you from launching a show. Amazing. Yeah, so good. Thank you. Really, really practical tips. And I know that there's probably some topics we could have kept going on about like, you know, the benefits of reviews, getting sponsorship, you know, how detailed to be in in show notes. But I think, um, you know, tips for editing. I think maybe people can come to check you out and see what you've got to offer to help, you know, even just thinking now whether you have a podcast. Um, I know f- for me, just even this has kind of created a bit of a checklist of going and kind of giving it a health check. So maybe if you need that outside perspective from someone, 
um, Lyndall's Your Gal. Absolutely. And thanks. This has been an awesome chat. Thanks for giving so much generous advice. And before we head, maybe you can let people know what you have to offer, where to find you, um, and, yeah. Yeah, if you head to my website, podcastva.com, you can find buttons there to get in contact with me. We offer one-to-one done-for-you services. We have launch packages and ongoing packages there. We offer training as well. And I have a couple of different services like the health check, uh, a pick my brain or strategy sessions and things like that. I also run um, a really great Facebook group called the Australian Podcasters Collaborative, which is awesome. There's about 2,500, 3,000 Australian podcasters in there, and it's a great place to ask questions, promote your launch, promote your episodes, and just even reaching other podcasters that are in a similar field and being able to collaborate with people. So it's a really great community if you want to jump into there. Otherwise, just the usual socials like Instagram and Facebook. Amazing. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes and thank you again for being here and for sharing so generously and for helping so much with my podcast personally. Um, but I know lots of other people that you make it really easy and accessible to get off the ground. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me. Pleasure.